0: Following is a recording from the Destructura Forum that took place on July 19th, 2020 in Narva, Estonia, which is right on the Russian border because thought I'd mention that because it's mentioned in the conversation. This is a panel discussion that was done live with questions and answers at the end. And I would like to, in advance, apologize for the sound quality. It was a little bit out of my control, and therefore it is not up to my standards. But nonetheless, the content is very interesting, and I hope you enjoy. Hi there. Hi there. Everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm Matthew Doles. I run a podcast called The Wise Fool Art Podcast. The name came about because I think everybody's a little bit wise and a little bit foolish. So it's just, you know, that's my way of going into it. Um, I'm an art professor, an artist myself. I live, i from America, but I live in Prague and I've been honored to sort of be invited here. And hopefully some of you all I will be talking to over the next couple of days. This will be published as a podcast as well. So if anybody doesn't want their voices on a podcast, please do not speak up during the question and answer time. Just FYI. Um, I think that's about it. So generally, I want to start off with just like a little bit of introductions. So if you could sort of introduce yourself. The topic of this first panel is the role of art in crisis. And we left that very open-ended intentionally because there are many crises going on throughout the world and, and many different perspectives to approach it. So little introductions, please.
1: Hey, everyone. Once again, I'm Anna. Anna Matskevich, I'm a former, I would say, opera singer for uh, two years. I'm an artist and activist. Um, I'm from Belarus, Uh, I cannot go there because I would be arrested there for my activism. And uh, the value of uh, uh, ethics and empathy and uh, life for me is uh, Like, the best theme which can be uh, approached by art. Something like that. Hello. Uh, My name is Eva Lenok. I am
2: from here. I'm from Estonia, from Nara. The artistic experience is not a formal experience that I own. So I've been doing music for now for 14 years of my life. So, um... Occasionally I do stand-up, so I consider myself to be an artist who chose the path of studying law. And as funny and hurting it might seem, sometimes those two work out. So for me, this, this panel is kind of a way to reflect on you on the perspective of, uh, of not a professional artist, but some, some, some person who is in desperate need of art in the times of crises.
3: Hello. My name is uh, Sanna Hirvonen. I am from... Finland and I am a dance artist I do choreography, performance also I I, I also combine poetry language voice improvisation a lot in my works and um, so far uh, what I have been doing has in one way or another been connected to the ecological crisis or many of them environmental crisis and that's something that I want to address with, with my work, and yeah, that's, that's it.
0: All right, well let's just continue on with you, actually, since you're already mic turned on. <laughs> so ecological crisis, so when you, you're talking about ecological crisis, specifically coming from Finland, because of course different cultures have different perspectives on this, what is the sort of uh, contemporary issue that you feel is most important to be thought about and addressed? through the arts
3: i think that from my perspective it is that um the environmental uh crisis is formed very i feel very uh kind of strongly by uh, or like via capitalistic system and also many other very problematic systems that are uh happening Actively in the world, and also as a person who lives in Finland in a in very privileged conditions, I also feel that's that's something that's if if I have the chance to to create work from these conditions and and take into account the in environment, I and and the crisis, I think I I should definitely do that.
0: All right. What What do you think can be done about this at this point through the arts? Again, like so, like what? What's I guess okay. So let's take it back to the title of the entire topic here: the role of art in crisis. So, how does art play a role in helping change the path of these crises?
3: Well, I think um, I think art has this magnificent power of bringing people together, and i mean through this action of coming together and also with artists working on on these things i think we are able to imagine futures that uh, do not operate inside this capitalistic structure or or these other very powerful and very harmful structures so i think what can be done is to to imagine something that could then possibly lead into a little bit more concrete societal change.
0: How do you feel about that capitalistic perspective?
3: That's a
2: great question, thank you. Um, if I may, I would kind of you know, catch the last word of yours. Did I understand correctly that you know, we need to try a different microscope to look through on the issue of um, environmental crises going on? So how I understood your statement was you know, we're looking at solutions, we're looking at the ways the, the solutions are seeked for through a microscope that is initially made in a way to support some things and oppress other things. Oh, you're, you're, your face uh, says that you should, you asked the right question about capitalism. But I I do feel like if the children in high school, still children, young people in high school, still do art projects that relate to environmental issues, Whereas you know, before high school, in like second or third grade, they would draw leaves on trees, that it, it continues to doing environmental art projects in high school. I don't think why we should at some point kind of abolish this in doing to uh, you know adults. So for me, this, this microscope of looking at, onto an issue of environmental crisis through, through art is not something that should be limited with high school. And sometimes maybe um, capital, c- capitalism um, sees other perspective on that.
0: I have a feeling capitalism is going to come up again and again, isn't it?
2: I, I do really believe so,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay. And how, how is art a role in the your perspective's crisis?
1: So my perspective of crisis, of course, uh, I would also like to address uh, the environmental crisis, uh, because I'm I'm vegan and it's uh, very important to me, um, and the capitalism and the patriarchy it's all it all connected. But in my uh, case, in my uh, personal experience, I f- chose to fight with all of that uh, through my uh, personal experience because I'm from Belarus, and as you may know or not know, two years ago, uh, there were peaceful protests because the uh, current regime in Belarus, they occupied our country, and they took the power by the force, and there were tortures and killings, mass tortures, actually, and the repressions are still going on. Um, My brother is in jail, Uh, for the comment in Facebook so that's the reality my friends live in and I cannot see my family for two and a half years so (laughs) that means (laughs) that so from from uh, the August of 2020 all I've been doing uh, in my art like 99% of my art is uh, glued to this theme, uh, theme of uh, rights of uh, people in Belarus and uh, on, uh, in the post-Soviet countries. Also, I would say that I, before the war started, I knew how my art can um, help people because I knew how to protest with my art. I knew how to shock people. Uh, I knew how to uh, talk to them through their heart. But something broken me, actually, when the war started, because I personally didn't think that something like this is possible at all. And now I know because my friend died there. He was fighting. Uh, and uh, I'm still, uh, this like four months, I'm still... Uh, I'm looking my way of uh, doing things now because I I I I was lost and uh I I don't know when there are such things in this world that should not be in this world like at all I think that uh, we all should do everything which is in our power uh to fight with that and like nothing else but of course take the rest, uh, to to rest, take time to rest, to, like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) to um, uh, have uh, the the, uh, ability to fight it, right, we all need sleep, (laughs) yeah, I'm not doing that, actually, and... uh, while we all will be doing that as an artist, because we are really, like I said like a minute before, that I saw a street art uh, when there and there was this um, phrase: "Art is a weapon. Use it." It's like, go on, guys, let's let's do that. And yeah, talking too much.
0: You're not talking too much. You're welcome to keep talking. That's why okay. you're up here. Sorry.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: No, no i have a question because like i come from a very different culture than probably everybody in this room and especially all the panelists now i and i was sort of taught and raised like that you the need for social responsibility or any sort of like engagement in political positions or anything like this was not necessary as an artist now keep in mind i am also of a different generation than you all as well so like is this a cultural shift that's happened in the past 15, 20 years where uh, artists have f- feelings that they should be more uh, ethically responsible towards whatever crisis is coming around them that they are passionate about? Is this something that has been coming up that like I missed out on?
3: Yeah, I um, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, uh, I don't have the experience from the past 15 to 20 years for sure. <laughs> I can say that, but at least I, I, yeah, I think that, especially when talking about the ecological crisis, there has been kind of a really strong waking up to the role of the artists and what what artists can do. in in somehow addressing the crisis, and I am I am very happy about that because uh, the way I see it is that art has the possibility to change the world. I mean, that's what why I'm doing this or trying to do this. And yeah, that's, that's what I would say. So, um, I have a lot of thoughts
2: cause this is a very thought-provoking question for me personally. So when the COVID crisis started, I wrote this st- song, which is called Four Walls, which was like a jokey song about, you know, how, Mountains and s- mountain now rests in peace, and the skies can breathe again. Unlike us, because you know we can't always breathe. Um, and I, I think there's a a multi-dimensional approach towards seeing arts as as a solution-seeking method in, in 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 crises. So as an individual um, attempt to understand what you feel, I think it should be addressed in the schools, in universities. You know, a creative writing class is not something that a person from Estonia should be hearing about in a program in the US. So for me, creative writing course as, as a as a person studying law who has multiple, multiple credits they should take and forget about anything else that comes in the creative world is not okay. So uh, on an individual level, if you haven't found the path to, to answers through art yourself, it is somewhat the social liability of the education institution you're studying at
0: I take a little offense i'm a professor just to be oh clear.
2: sorry sorry I'm
0: totally fine with it it's fine <laughs> a- academia is a whole issue in and of itself as well
2: wait till i get to my second point and Please my second point being once we do understand that you know art can be served as this microsoft microscope and to which one can look at the crises guess what we need financing for that so the reason why we're here is due to the fact that, you know, core team and each one of you managed to find the resources, be it the fiscal resources, be it non-monetary resources, to be here. This, I think, the contribution of every participant is magnificent towards this issue of, oh, we acknowledge the microscope is there, but how are we going to, you know, disseminate information about it it being used? I'm sorry, I get really passionate talking about it. (laughs) So my question is individual path towards art as a solution a seeking mechanism in the crises to like establish establishments and in institutions kind of disseminating it
0: and three financial means sorry i'm chuckling i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at the fact that they're having to do a simultaneous translation in russian to your very passionate speaking that's all
2: you can I'm you so can sorry she will be back on this panel and you can do you can say any words, I'll ch- I challenge you, but yeah.
0: It's fine, it's just that, that's what I was laughing at, not you, I just wanted to make sure, okay. No, but I mean, funding is a whole nother issue as well. Like, I mean, when it comes to something like trying to make art revolving around a crisis, finding funding is a necessary evil, but like how do you also then f- find funding? Is my mic on? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> It really sounds weird, doesn't it? Okay, good, okay, good. great. So, so anyways, how do you find funding for something that is intentionally sort of contradictory to the system, which is the system which probably ends up funding your artwork which contradicts the funding model?
3: Well, I, I find that um, many of these topics are somehow kind of on top of the public discussions in, in the society, and I think that's, uh, as, especially in Finland, I think there is almost like, oh, there, there are a lot of projects and a lot of applications that are actually um, going into, especially the environmental crisis. So I, I don't think it's actually a bad thing to, to, uh, in regards of finding funding. That's and good to yeah. hear.
0: How about in Belarus? Or where, you're in the UK now, right?
1: No, I, I I live in Poland. Sorry, it's also bad there. Not,
0: so- <laughs> Not sorry, you live in Poland. Sorry, I got uh, it wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's okay. okay. Uh, uh, well, the thing is, uh, it's uh, it's a bit strange. But uh, for example, in Poland, I think my friends from Poland, from here, will agree with me that uh, the ruling party are the assholes. And yeah, yeah. Do you all agree,
0: <laughs> Polish? Yeah. Okay. Great.
1: Okay, um, I hope I will stay in Poland and they will not throw me out uh, after these words. Uh, so, uh, the problem is that they are trying to be democratic but they are very populistic and uh, they are pretending to be funding uh, modern art which is useful to them. Actually, in our think tank uh, topic we are uh, discussing that uh, funding is a very uh, like subjective thing and the uh, foundations and the governments, parties, political parties—they are funding something that is useful uh, for them, and that's that's. I believe the problem. we call that
0: propaganda. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: I and believe it's capitalism,
0: but yeah. Uh, yeah. Capitalism also. also? Yeah. That's <laughs> Sorry. Like advertising, so I believe, is that's what that's also called.
1: But they are overlooking one thing, uh, like for example, uh, Poland is really anti-queer uh, country, unfortunately, and. Uh, like, on the government level, on the state level, uh, they are not allowing, like, a lot of things. They they are uh, cancelling, uh, like, theater performances, etc. Yes, it's going on already. Uh, And uh, it's... uh, So, yeah, and uh, still, they have, like, Netflix campaigns for uh, queer shows. It's like they're uh i would say they're flirting with the community like we will um like uh you can watch this show it's okay but no here you will not uh fight for your rights but they're overlooking the uh power of like what's uh, we would we could say netflix even like uh people are watching it and it's helping them to realize some things so I think that even when the uh, system is like giving funds to um, mm, events like that uh, they are thinking okay you can play there but they are not realizing uh, that they are overlooking the power that we have here like they are underestimating us because they think that they are so powerful we cannot uh, fight them but they are wrong.
2: If I may, um, I would. I totally agree with that. And I would just like to highlight the fact that, y- you know, every application submitted to fund this has been a challenge uh, in a way that, you know, those people who fund they have certain criteria, s- certain qualifications. Well, hello, yes, surprise. So that you have to meet. Look on my face. Yeah, Shock yeah, yeah and absolutely, absolutely thrown aback. Um,
0: no idea. <laughs>
2: And th- the key question here is how do we overcome those the, those criteria and sustain our thought, our our idea? Because it's it's the quantities that are evaluated upon. How many project uh, projects came about after that one project? How many participants were there? What were the outcomes in 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 like financial matters? So for me, the numbers being funded, not ideas being funded, is absolute. But words, bad words, bad words. So, if we're talking about artists, if we cannot yet overturn the system, which I do b- believe we can, it's just uh, you know ma- multiple steps to take. If, if someone is not willing to overturn the system, we can use those criteria to still implement the ideas. The magical notion of, you just gotta say what they wanna hear and then do what you want with the money and then write a report so that you know that things have been done.
0: Isn't that what we all do?
2: Yeah. With our money for, that we get from employers? Sure. Yeah. It's wow. just for some reason the, the powerful fund givers really just think they have too much power.
0: They kind of do. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I,
2: I, I do think that it's in our hands to, you know, to ask, to answer the questions that they posed in order to get, the, to get to the criteria and then use the power that we receive in the mean that we find to be the most right.
0: I'm on your side. I totally under, I totally hate with such a passion the amount of strings that are attached to funding across the board. Like it I I wish there were, we lived in a world where people like patrons basically like back in the and not not that I want to live in like the medieval times because that has its own horrible set of situations, but the patron scenario of like I appreciate what you do, here's money. Do what you do. And with sort of no questions asked, no strings attached, love that model, wish there was more of that. I can't stand, as, as this podcast is funded by a grant from the EEA. <laughs> I hate the fact that we have to like, quantify it and give numbers, and, and, and when, it, when it's not about quality, but it's about, it's about some sort of quantifiable outcome versus quality of concept, quality of craftsmanship, quality of whatever it is you do. It kind of drives me nuts i don't know maybe i'm old in that way because i feel really old at this conference by the way just to, you all are under 30 so like i feel quite old but that's fine
2: i don't think that like the my, my generation li- likes to have the strings attached from funders i, I don't think it's a, my generation doesn't yeah. like strings attached so right. it, this one hasn't changed you know the the social liability is kind of getting there but the strings attached still not liked
0: i think it's getting worse
3: I would like to go back a little bit to this um, question of quantity versus quality because in a way, I mean, uh, kind of naturally also many artworks and many pieces and especially when talking about performance and and performing arts, they are very much connected to the experience of, of the artist, of course, but then the experience of the people who experience the art and in in that case i think it is also from also from that perspective it is very complicated to then having to having to think about the quantity of the people that you can maybe perform the piece to and especially when when kind of revolving around the ideas of all um, the themes of ecological crisis which many people have very Personal and subjective feelings. Yeah, many people have very personal or subjective feelings about those themes. It's it's somehow very <laughs> daunting to then have to give value based on how many people we had in the audience, or if if it was uh, made in a bigger city or uh, or a smaller city, and what what meaning does it have? Yeah, I wanted to add that it's really strange in
1: uh, like. Instagram time, or or, or already TikTok time, I I also feel uh, like I'm old. (laughs) Um, So, um, like, I see that my video was uh, watched by like 200 people, and I'm like, Oh no! It's too, like it's it's not uh, much. Like where are those thousands of people? And then uh, I perform a concert before 50 people, and the the um, audience is full because the place is not very big. And I am satisfied with the feedback. And uh, it's really strange that we are perceiving the people as numbers. It scares me because I'm really empathetic. Empathetic person, and uh, when I see uh, how many people liked my uh, photo after the concert, and I feel that I'm not satisfied with the number, I feel a bit ashamed because it that, like all of those people, like 40 of them, they liked my photo, and I'm really uh, genuinely grateful. And uh, still, I perceive them as numbers, and I don't know yet how to fight that.
0: I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm of a different generation. I cannot stand social media as a general whole. It's a necessary evil. I guess that's a good question. Is it a necessary evil? Do we even have to participate in this? Or can we simply say, you know what, that form of capitalism, I'm not gonna let it rule my life either, as I'm gonna post this all on Instagram later, but you know. (laughs) I mean, is that an issue, though? I mean, social media, personally, I think that's a bit of a crisis in and of itself that we don't really address enough.
2: That's just a minute of silence to this uh, yeah. crisis. <laughs> I, Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> yeah, because I don't really use social media as a platform to advertise my arts. I don't advertise my arts. Uh, I, I don't really have much to say about it, but I think... If I were to do that, uh, I would still have to understand, you know, how those um, there's this f- fancy word behind algorithm. Uh, see, algorithm, algorithm, algorithms, right? See. Not a mathematician. So I-, I think that if we acknowledge that the social media has become from a source of support to a source of um, <laughs> destructiveness, then in order to overcome this. You know, people should be taught what the algorithms do. How can we, you know, somehow influence those? And artists are, you know, the same people who use those algorithms. So I am pro-education in that regard.
1: Uh, sorry. Uh, people with this siren all, all on their phone. We, we're, we, we are so near Russia that it's triggering. Please don't do that. Please.
0: I thought it was an air raid alarm. Is it an air raid? It is an air raid alarm. Okay. All right. We've got to sort of wrap this up, but one sort of last little bit I have, there was a question that sort of was in my mind before this panel, which is how do you keep your enthusiasm for activism in whatever your cause is with the... And I and I hate to say it like this, but like with the knowledge that like the change may not happen now, it may not happen for five years, ten years. Quite honestly, some of, some of these climate change might not even happen in your lifetime. So like, how do you keep yourself motivated to continue to do the work?
3: I feel like I have no other choice, really. I I feel that um, I I I feel like I couldn't do anything else because um, the crisis, the ecological crisis, is something that's my generation of people we have been hearing about it for the whole of our lives and it's just intensifying it's not getting any better <laughs> i fear and i think there they are i think creating creating works from from that perspective somehow it still it still gives me hope it gives me hope in uh, yeah it gives me hope in the way that's I, I meet people who, who have brilliant ideas and, and who are then able to use these brilliant ideas into, in, in their works. And, and then, I don't know, there is something magic that's happening, that, that happens when, when you create something and, and you can feel that someone got something out of it and not only yourself, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and, but mostly it's the, it's the pure need and the feeling of very strong urgency towards the topic.
2: This is so much responsibility. I'm starting to feel guilty because I, for me, I would admit that I do use arts very personally. So there is no end goal to it. So like, I'm gonna do this with my art or I wanna do that with my art, it's just the immediate reaction that I get, which gets me going, not generally in the arts, artsy things that I do, but generally in life. So when you come out, out in front of people and you tell a joke and you can see them smiling, you know y- you know you have done something. When you sing your song to a person in Estonia, in, in Lithuania, in Ukraine, in the US, and they're like, wow, it made me feel something. That is already a change. So I I think that sometimes when you when you don't if you don't have or when you don't have that sense of responsibility towards the greater mission of it all, focusing your needs like focusing the effect of arts on your needs uh, for for example on uh, immediate reply or an immediate expression of feelings is something that can save us in our own little crises. And if we can solve our little crises inside, I don't think we're going to face much more of these.
1: And I would say that for me it's also a personal thing, but also re- and responsible thing in two-in-one, I think, for all of us. Um, because when I was a child, I thought that I want to save the world. Yes, I have parents' issues, but uh, <laughs> I genuinely had the crisis when I was a teenager that I didn't had any meaning in my life. I was really struggling with that, and I I I felt that meaning only when I um, like performed my music, and then um, when art became a profession, it was tough because I should have I still need to fight for the right to have uh, income. For example, it's it's hard, and also when you do activistic art. It's like uh, no money at all. For for, for example, for two years, uh, like a person who is mostly responsible for money in our uh, family is my husband, and I'm like uh, working twenty four seven, but like with I don't know no income like at all, uh, and um, I that's good that I have that opportunity. And uh, yes, you said really good thing that we may not live uh, till the moment when it get, gets better. And still, like uh, it was a crisis for me, when I, I understood that it will not. Probably, uh, n- 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 like, not everyone will be vegan when I'll be dead. <laughs> but, but I hope it would be, like, 90% of people. Uh, and
0: Vegetarian or vegan? Vegan. Vegan. Okay, yeah. just making just a clarification.
1: Because c- 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 milk is murder. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm really strict about that. And, uh, yeah, so um, uh, I thought that, well, uh, last two years, I was doing that because I can't go home. And it's like OCR, like OCR, yeah. Uh, I can't go home. I need to go home in order to do that. I need to do my uh, activism because if I don't do that, no one's do, uh, do that. It all uh, like goes frozen, and I will not go home like never. And I can't. I need to go home, and uh, that what keeps me going. That and also all the people who are struggling in. Uh, in, um, in prisons for nothing, or all the people who are fighting for, for the better of this world, like, near us, because Poland is very near Ukraine, and, like, yeah. And um, if they are fighting, if they are fighting with weapons, why should I sit and do nothing? Like, I, I don't have a choice.
0: So it seems like passion is a sort of th- common thread.
1: I would say it's more, n- not, not passion, I, I think that passion is a bit, uh, devalues the um, need to do that.
0: Fair enough, I apologize.
2: Uh, actually, Anna told me this word uh, before we started, just a quick thing. She said, art is my activism, and activism is my art. So I just think that it's, it's, it's just a nice thing to say when things are recorded.
3: I always try to remember to hold on to hope. I mean, it sounds very naive maybe, but I like to hold on to that kind of hope that kind of does not deny all the, all the wrong and horrible things that are happening in the world, but hope as a kind of insisting of, of something, something better that we can create together and that's hope, these inklings of it, I think that's something that really keeps me going. And I mean, the fact that there are so many people together in one place, so many young artists and people who work with the cultural sector and art. I mean, that in itself already gives me a lot of hope. And I, I think I'm gonna hold on to that very dearly.
0: Do we have any questions from the audience?
4: Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I know some of you, and I'm part of this structure, uh, like uh, as participant. And I don't know if they will make work. Uh, it's just that I, I took some notes because you were speaking about the funds uh, from public sector with like specific aims that are usually like linked with the politics, and at the same time you're referring to activism that there's no fund like for specific kinds of activism depending on like the politics of the countries. And uh, I was rem- like uh, it's like maybe difficult question. Maybe you have thought about it. but do you have an idea of what kind of resource, resources to build or to create, to counter this issue of like like, no fun? Because it's like we're in this capitalist system. Is, is this like, do you think there are like possibilities in this like current system to give resources? for this kind of art that does not answer to a more yeah like the like politics currently like current politics
1: i think the first answer is unions we don't use them as we should like unions of artists for artists like a uh, workers and also uh the values in the community of uh, activistic art that like we need it, we should do that. And it also would be a responsibility uh, for unions because they are responsible for artists. We really don't use unions, we should do that. It really great uh, like weapon to fight the system.
0: Amen, I love a good union. Another question.
5: I'm not a part of the network, but I'm just observing. Um, my question is explicitly political. Uh, I do share this anti-capitalist uh, how should I say, dimension of the conversation, but uh, 20,000 people in the city of Mariupol were dead, not because of capitalism, but because of Russian troops. And this, you know, also has something to do with this proximity of uh, Russia. Uh, don't you think that the 24th of February has completely changed the agenda when it comes to crisis, when it comes to security, uh, when it comes to left-right distinction? Okay, you can have any type of uh, I know, reaction to the Polish government, but it's exactly the Polish government that uh, helps millions of Ukrainian refugees much more by the way, than any other countries in the world, so you know about that. So what shall we do with that, with a completely changed political agenda after the start of the of the real war?
1: Well, I wouldn't say that it changed. I would say that uh, politics lacks ethics. And if politics were ethical enough, this war would not happen at all. And uh, I think that... Most of the political parties are responsible for what is happening because they did not react uh, in 2014. They did not react in 2020 for what's hap- what was what, happening in Belarus. And for example, like, our people could not fight uh, the police with bare hands. And um, the army was not on our side. And uh, basically, my country is occupied for two years, and it allowed uh, Russian um, terrorists to uh, have the place to uh, to um, occupy. Uh, not how how is this word? Uh, help me, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they use this uh, used this territory. If the, they would not use this territory, it would not uh, be happening. And also, we see how governments uh, reacting. And about Polish government, they are uh, they are populist, yes, and uh, also they really understand that it will not be ending at the border because they're really close to Ukraine and Belarus. And uh, they are doing it not from the uh, empathy first, but for themselves. Um, I'm not telling that this is bad, but they, they also really uh, don't have the ethics to, for us to be proud of them. Because I live in Poland for six years, and it's not really a good place for, for living to a woman, to a, a queer person, or to a, someone who is not Polish, unfortunately. And um, I'm half Polish, uh, actually, and um, I would say that I know a lot of volunteers who have been doing really much better by themselves than Polish government it all, this all help would not be happening if not people who were organized by themselves, like horizontal hierarchy, not the government, people like Ukrainian people, Polish people, Belarusian people, they were all living two months on the border and some of them are living there still to help, to help people. Government were sending texts in Polish, like people from Ukraine, they they don't know Polish and the government sent text like uh, you can use them like this and this and you can go there and there in Polish, there's ignorance and yes they helped, really helped but mostly it was people not the government
2: I I just wish to um, add that um, I I did not agree with you in in the matter of this war being caused by something else than capitalism, so we did not exclude it thoroughly, I would say that there have been a lot of transactions made with partners from Russia and a lot of transactions are made right now and those transactions are actually aimed at increasing someone's capital and using it in your own interests without certain limitations imposed by governments. Thus, I do believe that the war has been caused partially because of the capitalism and answering your question. So there is a more immediate need for instruments to prevent crises and to solve crises. And the main message here is use the instruments, perceive art as the instrument, do your art in a way that will promote peace, that will promote cooperation, that will promote dem- democratic values. Thus I think it, the changing the agenda does not change the fact that we have to use this instrument to prevent, to first solve those <laughs> already happening and, and hopefully prevent those that are yet to come.
3: Kind of as a short note, I would like to say that the way I see it is that war does not necessarily stem from um, disagreements between left and right, but from people who gather too much power around themselves and gather too much authority so that they cannot be told no.
0: All right, well thank you very much for this conversation. We're going to end it there. <laughs> thank you. Before you go, we would like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode. We would also appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, families, co workers, and studio mates, anyone with an interest in the arts and creative industries. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community, both today and and in the future is at the core of our mission for this podcast. You can listen, rate, and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway, in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunst Centrone in Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com.